Anyway, this morning, I want to get right into our message, uh, Romans chapter 8. I want to preach a message entitled, God is for me. You ever thought about that? God is for me. How many ever felt like he wasn't for you? So let's talk about that this morning. Romans chapter 8, Paul writing to the Romans in verse number, we'll begin verse number 31, said, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded. Everybody say persuaded. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. May the Lord add his blessing to his word this morning. At the end of the service, we will receive communion. So we're going to get right in to our word this morning. Cut me down just a tad. Um, this message this morning, let me just tell you, it's, it's a reminder. Uh, you know, we, we came out of a series. We're looking into another series. But I, I want to give a reminder this morning. Have you, ever, have you ever wondered where God was in your tough moment, in the tough moments of life? Uh, maybe, maybe I'm the only one, but have you ever stopped and wondered, God, where are you when I'm hurting? Because I think that's, again, if you look at what's going on in our culture today, it seems like we're losing ground. And, and I just want to be honest with you this morning. It seems like we're losing ground. It seems like no matter how much we try, how many outreaches we do, it just seems like society at large is getting darker and darker and more evil. And it seems like there's no limit to the darkness that we see around us. And so sometimes we wonder. And then how about those times when we have issues that we desperately need God to intervene and it just seems like God is not listening. You ever wondered, where are you in my times of crisis? You know, in, in my own personal life, there, there have been times when I have quoted Jesus when he asked in Matthew 27, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Anybody else done that before? You know, if you live for more than a day, then you understand the enormous anguish that life can bring. Uh, have you ever taken a step forward only to end up three steps back? You know, life can seem so unfair at times, and we scratch our head because sometimes what we read in Scripture doesn't seem to be correlating with what we see lived out in our normal daily lives. I'm sure that you, we've all felt like God has abandoned us, maybe even to the point where we feel like maybe God has been picking on us. And, and I'll, be some honest, I'll do some honest transparency this morning. Uh, there have been some times in my life when I was going through some difficult things that I've, 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 I've asked that. I've, I've begun to wonder, God, did I make you mad? And, and, I, and I know I'm not the only one. <laughs> God, did I make you mad? Did I, did I not do something that I should have done? I, maybe, maybe I felt like I did something bad or maybe I didn't do what he wanted me to do and now God had it in for me. Have you ever felt that way? Again, I, I, I'm preaching the truth this morning because I know every one of us have felt the sting of unexpected tragedy and pain in the hardships of life. I'll be honest with you, over the last few weeks, uh, actually this entire year, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing things and, and I'm, we laugh about it, 
but I'm experiencing things in my physical body that I've not experienced before. And it's a very difficult thing to wrap my brain around. Um, you know, and, and, and I guess it's that struggle of my own mortality, so to speak. Um, and there have been times when I've been in so much pain, uh, whether it be from a back or some of the other issues I have going on, and, and, and I've, I've laid on the couch. In fact, uh, Wednesday night uh, after service, I, I, from midnight till probably 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm laid on the couch. Please, 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 please touch me. Anybody ever do something like that? I mean, just such anguish. And you think, God, where are you? I call, but no one listens. I'm asking you to get involved, and it seems like you, the more I ask, the more it hurts. <laughs> I have to tell you what happened to me a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, uh, you know that Sheila and I went to one of her bucket lists. We went to Alaska two weeks ago. My very first night there uh, in the hotel there in Anchorage, I had a, I had a dream that's as vivid as we're standing here today. And it was, I get emotional. So It had been one of those times that I had had the physical pain. And I don't have options when it comes to uh, taking care of, of Sheila, I just have to, you know, kind of grit and, and push through. And I'm not, I'm not saying any of this. I'm just sharing what happened. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> uh, my watch was talking back, just like a kid. <laughs> so, 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 you know, so I don't have options. And when I hurt, I just have to, again, I have to grit it and bear and push on. And I'm not saying this for sympathy. I'm just simply saying this is where I was. I was just, I, I was exhausted my, my body experiencing things I'd not experienced before. And I had those moments where I'm like, God, where are you? I mean, I feel like I, I go and I go and I serve and I try to, I try to, you know, I try to do everything that you've asked me to do. And I try to, uh, everywhere I go, I want to I present you and, and share my hope and my confidence in you. But I'm hurting and I really need something. So I go to bed that night and I have a dream. Anybody ever had a dream that just, that just rocked your world? So I have this dream as I'm in the bed, I w and, and in this dream, I'm in a crowd of people, and somebody came up to me, and I don't know who it was, I, I couldn't see a face, but somebody came running up to me and grabbed me and just held me tight and said, God sees you, and God is for you. Just as simple as that. And I woke up in the emotions of that. I, I had tears in my eyes. And I thought, okay, there you are. <laughs> there you are. And I thought, you know what? That's probably where many believers are today is that we struggle because we pray. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And yet we pray and, and sometimes the answer is, you know, like Job. Job was struggling because he knew that God knew where he was, but he, he didn't intervene. And he's like, God, what's the deal? We feel the same way. Listen, the reality is we need to understand there's some tough days coming. Again, just because I'm a believer, just because we call ourselves a, Christ, a Christian and we're Christ followers doesn't mean that we're exempt from the challenges of life. It rains on the just and the unjust. We have issues. They have issues. We, we die. They die. We get sick. They get sick. 
And, and sometimes we, it's hard to correlate those things. And listen, we need to understand perilous times are upon us. And, 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 it, and I know it seems our world is falling apart, but hear me loud and clear this morning. If you don't get anything I say this morning, I want you to understand God is for you. If you don't get anything else, understand that God is for you. Some people want to teach that God is this grumpy, kind of like this grumpy old man just looking for an opportunity to inflict pain on us. But that's not the message of the Bible. I'll be, I'm ashamed to admit there have been times I've said, God, it's the, it's the heaven. It, I, I've called myself the court jester of heaven. Because I feel like, the, again, I'm just being very honest and transparent. I'm like, I'm praying, I'm calling out to you, and nothing seems to be happening. I'm hurting, I'm in pain, I don't get any relief. It's me again. The amusement. <laughs> God is for me. God laid, I, listen, I, there are people that want to believe, that want to preach and teach that God delights in inflicting pain upon his people. That's not the message of the Bible. In fact, in Jeremiah, God laid out, again, if you understand the context of Jeremiah 29, you understand that God laid out basically uh, how Israel had disobeyed God and had committed spiritual adultery they had allowed injustice, corruption. They'd allowed uh, social evils of all kinds to go unchecked. God was chastising them, and God was sending judgment upon them. But even during his judgment, he continually called out to them to repent and to return to him so that he could restore and bless them. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 11, the scripture we quote says, For I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. They are thoughts to uh, peace and not evil. They are thoughts to give you hope and a future. Even in the middle of their chaos and their discipline and their chastisement because of their rebellion, God said, my plans for you are good plans because I'm for you. What was God saying? God was saying, I am for you. If we sin, we still, listen, we still receive the wages of sin because he loves us. God will chastise us, but God is not sitting around waiting for the opportunity to punish us. Get that out of our minds. That God's not sitting around waiting for an opportunity to punish us. God is consistently calling for us to repent and to return to him so that he can bless us. Even when we failed miserably, even when we know we don't deserve anything but judgment and wrath, God is not against us. God is thinking about how he can bless us and give us a future and give us a hope. Again, we've got to get away from the idea that God is waiting for us to mess up so that he can hurl lightning bolts at us from heaven. Because that's not God. God's our biggest cheerleader. In fact, the Bible said God has inscribed us on the palm of his hand. And listen, there's not a devil in hell that can take you out of his hand. He's not looking for opportunity to hurl those lightning bolts. He's rooting for us. He's our biggest fan, and he's always willing and ready to receive us if we turn to him in repentance and contrition. God is for me. Ezekiel chapter 33, God says, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? In that message from Ezekiel, you can hear the tonation of what he's saying. is like He's begging them, look, turn. I don't want you to suffer. 
I don't want you to, to die and go to hell. I don't want any of that. God is not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance. God is practically begging them to return to him so that he can give them life and not death, blessing and not cursing. When judgment comes, it's not because God has turned against them. It's because we have turned our back on God. And even then, God's not against us. You ever realize that? God's not against us. People that go to hell, don't, they don't, I, I know the Bible talks about the wrath of God being poured out. But here he says, I take no pleasure. I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He said hell was never created for man. It was always, it was always the Son of Man came to redeem fallen mankind it was never the intent of God for hell to be uh, occupied by mankind but because of our rebellion in our text Paul makes it very clear this morning that God is for us regardless of what happens in life Paul is well acquainted if you know anything about the apostle Paul's story he's well acquainted with suffering but I love what he said in verse 18 he said for I consider You can look at it later, but he says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Think about that. The moment we take our last breath or the moment the trumpet sounds, when we are translated from this mortal body into an immortal immortal body, from this corruptible body into an incorruptible body, we see what has been prepared for us by Christ when he ascended to the Father. He said all of a sudden every every little issue that you've had in this world will not even be a blip on the radar anymore. Every health issue every financial pressure, every relational uh, dysfunction, every chaotic moment of your life, when you step over into that other side, into that Beulah land that they sang about so many years ago, all of a sudden this stuff is not going to matter anymore and you will not even remember. Your worst day here will not even be a memory there because of what he's done. We may, listen, we may have to go through some storms and we may have to endure some tough times, but the hope is that helps us and empowers us is that we keep on going because there's a place where there's sickness no more and no more sorrow, no more crying and no more dying. Listen, it's easy to think that, well, you know what, preacher, that's all well and good, but what about right now? See, that's where we are. What about right now? See, we've been conditioned in our society to live for right now and not look forward to then. That's why the Bible all through Scripture says keep looking. Abraham, as a pilgrim passing through, kept looking for a city who had foundations who were built by God. Even in the land of promise that was given to him, he never had a permanent dwelling. He lived in tents because he kept looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. We think about what about now? What about the, this moment when the pain that I'm feeling is so overwhelming that it consumes me? How can I even think about tomorrow when I, I, don't even, I don't even think I can get through the day? What about the pressure I'm under right now? I love what Paul said in verse 26. He said, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Isn't that good? Likewise, also, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And he goes on, he says, for we do not know how we should pray for as we ought. I promise you my prayer should not be, God, it's the court jester here. I'm here again to give entertainment. You know, it's not that kind. I don't know how to pray when I'm hurting. Isn't it amazing that I can have faith for other people and I can pray prayers of faith for other people, but when it comes to me, I'm like like lost. It's that, that, that quagmire, that dichotomy, I guess. He said, but we don't know how to pray like we should. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. 
And he goes on, he says, now, him who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, okay? The one who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according, how? To the will of God. According to the will of God. Listen, there are times when you and I are so hurt and so broken that we can't put our prayers into words. And we wonder, where is God? Paul said he's right there. He's right there with us. In fact, he says, not only is God right there with you, he said, but the Spirit is translating our tears into prayers that touch the heart of God. That's a powerful truth. God is for me. He's for me. This means that God is for me, not against me. It means that God is able to, that, that God is picking up the broken pieces and putting me back together. It means that God can make all things new, even the hard things, even the bad things. God can make all things work together for my good. Again, I, I, that was, that was a, a moment, that dream, I, I won't ever forget it because it was such a real and vivid dream because I was in, and I, again, I, I, hadn't, I wasn't doubting, I hadn't lost faith, but I was an emotional wreck. I was like, God, I, I need something. I'm hurting so bad. And to have that embrace, even though it was just a dream, he sees you. He knows where you are. He's for you. He's for you. In verse, 40, in verse 31 of our text, Paul asked, what then shall we say to these things? What things? You ever thought about that? He said, now what shall we say to these things? What things? Well, the things he's talked about. If you look at the context, what has he been talking about? Suffering, groanings. All these things. What shall we say to these things? What shall we say about those times when you feel alone? What about those times when you feel the, you're hurting and you wonder where God... What These things. What shall we say to these things? How do we respond to these present sufferings? What shall we say when the worst case scenario appears to be playing out in our own home? How do we respond to the pain that is so deep that it takes our breath away? What shall we say when it feels like there's no way out and it looks like there's no hope left? What shall we say to these things? Here's what Paul's response, Paul, his response is to us is this. If God is for us, who can be against us? And implicit in that question is, is basically the truth that God is for us and not against us. Therefore, no weapon formed against us can prosper. All that rise up against us will fall. Listen, it's, and, and, and we say, it's easy to ask, well, preacher, I, I know what you're saying. I read the scripture, but how do I know that God is for me? Well, Paul responds, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So therein lies the, the answer is Paul said, how do I know that God is for me? He said, he who did not spare his own son. That's the answer. I know God is for me because it, while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. He willingly took upon himself my sin, my burdens, my sickness, my infirmities. That's how I know that God is for me. Listen, if God had not been for me, would he have allowed his holy son to die for us? And if God had loved us, enough to, listen and if God loves us enough to save us do we really think that God is going to give up on us every time we stumble in life's journey Paul's saying that God is for us and not against us 
Considering his truth, Paul goes on and he asks another question. It is a rhetorical question, and, and again, the answer is implied in the question. But verse 35, he says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And the answer is nothing. Because God is for me. How do I know? Because he did not spare his own son. Okay, if he didn't spare his own son, then who can separate us from the love of Christ? Even in the face of death, Paul said in verse 36, in all these things we are, what? More than conquerors through him who loved us. God is for us, not against us. Notice the, that for the third time Paul references these things. You've got to understand, when, there, when, there's a three, when there's a tripartite in there, three times these things, these things, these things, it, it, it's important. Paul, first time Paul said, God makes all things work together for good to them who love the Lord. Then he, he asks, what shall we say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now he says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In trials and tribulations and sufferings and groanings and all of these things, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Think about that. What does it mean? It means that there is no problem, nothing. No problem, no crisis, no attack, no persecution, no difficulty, no devil. Nothing can overcome us when we know that the Holy Spirit is praying through us and Jesus is interceding for us. That's the empowerment of the Spirit of God living within us. We just need to walk in that profound truth that God is for us, not against us. Again, I, I, I don't know why it is that we do that. We sometimes are very good at self-loathing. And again, we have faith for other people. But you've got to understand, and, and sometimes I, this is where I struggle, and I, have to, I keep having to remind myself of all the people that God loves, He loves me. He loves me. And again, I'm sure there are people here that feel the same way. You go through things and you pray and you wonder, God, do you see what I'm going through? Do you understand what's happening in my life? And I, the answer is yes, he does. And he's still for you. Again, there are questions that have no answers in this life. There are things that, that we deal with that I have no way, I, I don't know. I just simply say at some point, we've got to get to the place where we just trust God. We just have to trust him. And if you can't trust him, then, then, then I'm sorry because you, you, that's going to be a very miserable thing because things just don't make sense. Sometimes you need to go back and read Psalm 73. It was a man who struggled by, by, the, that, by the dichotomy of what he, see, what he was witnessing in, in real life. Everybody that didn't serve the Lord seemed to be doing well and the people that followed Christ seemed to be falling apart. He said, and all this was really too much to bear. In other words, he was about ready to throw the towel in. He said, until I went to the sanctuary of the Lord, and then I understood their destiny. See, sometimes we need to take a step back and understand and trust God. Paul goes on, and he says this, for I am persuaded. <laughs> and see, that's where we are this morning. Are you persuaded? Are you persuaded? Are you convinced this morning that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, what do you say, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be, separate, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you persuaded this morning of that truth? God is for us. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers. We are the victors, not the victims. We are the head, not the tail. We are the triumphant and not defeated ones. 
That's the truth of God's Word. Not because of who we are, but because of who God is. And, 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 that, and because God is for us, not against us. Listen, we may fall seven times, but you know what? Seven times we will arise. Why? Because God is for us. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Why? Because God is for us. We may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we need not fear anything there. Why? Because God is for us. The enemy may come in like a flood, but God will raise up a standard against him. Why? Because God is for us. We may go forth weeping, bearing precious seed, but doubtless come again rejoicing because God is for us. Listen, we may pass from this life to the next, but listen, when the trumpet sounds and the dead are going to be, listen, and the dead in Christ, we're going to be raised from the, from the dead. We're going to meet Jesus in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Why? Because God is for us. That's the message of the Bible. Maybe you came here this morning feeling helpless and hopeless. Maybe you're struggling kind of like, I've always been very honest with my feelings, and I appreciate you willingness to allow me to be honest not that i would be any other way i just you know some people get kind of they think preachers got to have it all together I, I struggle like everybody struggles i hurt like everybody hurts i i, I again just because i have a title of a pastor doesn't mean that i'm exempt from the same things that you're going through i have to push through just like we all do maybe you came here this morning feelings maybe similar maybe you're online this morning maybe you feel like what I, have, what I exp expressed to you earlier. Maybe you feel like God has abandoned you. But hear me. Regardless of what you've done, what mistakes you've made, what failures the enemy's tried uh, uh, to bring against you, God's desire is to restore and renew you. The Bible says, He brought me out <laughs> of the miry clay, and He set my feet on a rock to stay. And what did He do? He gave me a new song to sing, a song of praise. See, that's it. When we walk in that covenant relationship with the Lord, He takes us out of those deep, dark valleys of life. He takes us in our sufferings and our trials and our afflictions, and He sets us up, and He puts us on a firm foundation, and He puts a new song, and it's not a gloom, despair, an agony song. It's a song of praise and adoration unto the Lord. Why? Because God is for me. He's for me. Listen. No matter what you feel and the devil talk, tells you, God's not against you. Not against you. God isn't waiting for you to fail. I'm telling you, he's rooting for you to win. Guys, come on back as I wrap this up as we move into our communion time. God loves you with an everlasting love, and he just sent me today to remind you that God is not against you. See, sometimes we need that reminder. We need that reminder. God is not against you. So go ahead and dismiss that thought. That is one of those fiery darts from the wicked one. That's, what, that's why we bring those thoughts into captivity. Listen, you have a choice. You can either live by your feelings. Sometimes my feelings say, God, you're not listening. But my faith says, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. My faith says, God is for me not against me. I may not be under, able to understand or articulate why I'm having to walk through this valley at this moment. That's okay. Because he's not abandoned me. He's for me. He just sent me today to tell somebody here online that he's not against you. You can make it. You can stand. 
You can be victorious. You can live for Jesus. You can overcome sin. In all of these things, Paul said, you are more. Everybody say more. You're more than a conqueror. I like that. You're not just going to get by. You're going to triumph greatly. You're more than a conqueror because God is for you. So go ahead and make a decision today to walk in victory. Make that decision today to walk in joy because God has already provided you everything you need to be victorious in Christ. I think he says to us like Jeremiah did, you know what, I've been thinking thoughts about you and my thoughts are for you to win. My thoughts are for you to win. In my thoughts you have a future and you have a hope. I'm rooting for you. My thoughts are for you to be blessed. Listen, if God can have those kinds of thoughts about us, it's time we start agreeing with God on those thoughts. I have to agree I'm a child of the King. I have to agree that He loves me with an everlasting love. Even in the moment of my crisis, I might feel like He's, he, he's, he's so far removed. He's not. I have to agree with that. God is for me. And with God on my side, all things are possible. Healing, victory, financial breakthroughs, re restoration, all of that's possible because God is for me. I want us to bow just for a moment before we receive communion. And I just want to ask this question. And if you're online, if you'll comment, I want to pray with you. And that is, that this, it's a simple question today. If you're here this morning, maybe you relate to what I've said. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what, Pastor, I can identify because I, I felt the same way. Maybe you feel the same way. I feel like God has forgotten about me. I'm going through some things. I'm, I'm facing some things. And I, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I just don't understand why God doesn't answer my prayer. And I want to have that epiphany that you had. I want, to, I want to grab hold of the truth that you preached this morning, knowing that God is for me. In spite of what I'm going through, in spite of my challenges, in spite of my doubts, God is for me. Nobody looking around. If that's you, just slip your hand right, right back down. I just want to pray with you this morning. If you're online, if you'll comment. Listen, He loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And these present sufferings are not even worthy to compare to what he's already prepared for you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I've done what you've asked me to do. I've been emotional. I've shared my, my journey. And now, Father, I pray that that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in us would quicken us to grab hold of that truth that you are for us, not against us. You who did not spare your own son, but gave him up for us, how will you not? Through Christ, give us all things. Lord, for those that raise their hand, those online today that feel abandoned, that feel sometimes that you've forgotten about them or maybe like they've made you mad or whatever that thing is that's, that, that, that they're dealing with, Lord, I pray that today you just remind them that you are for them, that your thoughts towards them are, are good thoughts, that you're their big cheerleader, that you're rooting them on, that you want to bless them. 
and give them hope and give them a future. Lord, I pray that every thought from the wicked one would be dismissed. Lord, that we would think on those things that are lovely and that are true. And that truth is you are for us, not against us. And Lord, I pray that that truth would transform us. So the next time we find ourselves in a crisis, Lord, rather than lament how mistreated we feel like we are and have been by you, we stand on your promise that you are for us and not against us and that we're more than conquerors and that we can make it. And I bless each one now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you'll take your communion this morning. Paul writing. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I have delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Understand that in the context of what I preached about. I did this for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he come. As we prepare the bread this morning, please understand again what I, in the context of what I preached, this today is a symbol that God is for you, not against you. Let us pray. Father, today we thank you. As we receive these elements this morning, They are reminders that you are for us. May we not forget the body that was broken for for us, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Our chastisement was upon you, and by your stripes we're healed. The, blood, the cup representing the blood that was shed. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. The, again, these are reminders that you are for us, not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance. As we partake this morning, may we be reminded and be renewed on the inside, the inner man, that you are for us and not against us. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us take the bread first. And now the cup. And can we just take just a couple of moments? And just right there before I, I know we have Sunday school coming up, but just, just a couple of minutes just to meditate on the goodness of the Lord.
Thank you that you love us, Lord. Thank you that you care. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. stand with me this morning. Father, today we're grateful. We're grateful that you loved us and you gave your only begotten Son that whoever would believe in you would not perish but have everlasting life. You do not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Christ might be saved. Thank you. Thank you that you are for us and that your thoughts are good thoughts. Thoughts of blessing, thoughts of of hope, thoughts of a future. Lord, may we grab that and as we've taken the elements today of communion, may we remember you did that because you are for us. You saw us in our iniquities and in our sin and not able to do anything about it, hopeless and helpless. And you said, Father, I'll pay the price for Mike, for Jim, for John, for Becky, for Sue. I'll pay the price. Because I love them. May we walk out of here today grounded on that firm foundation that you are for us and not against us. Now go with us, I pray. May we walk in victory. May we walk like Paul said. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The next test, may we not fold. May we not lose ground. May we stand firmly planted in the truth that if God is for us, who can be against us? I ask you to go with us now. Give us a great day, I pray. In Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Thank you for being with us online. I look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you, and I love you very much.